0: is qi talks if you're just tuning in so welcome and uh if everything is made of energy we have a lot to discuss let's dive right in i'm smiling this is this is gonna be fun it's gonna be a good conversation i'm really excited so let me tell you a little bit about uh about uh, daoist priest and qigong master teacher david Wei. david was born of a single immigrant Chinese mother in the heart of Richmond, California, David was no stranger to the threat of violence. As such, he studied martial arts as a youth for self-defense with other kids. Later, as an adult, his practice of martial arts evolved from a play of passion to a pursuit of purpose for David. Kung Fu was less about self-defense and more about self-discovery. David's Kung Fu journey spanned the entire world, most notably to Wudong, China. In 2006, David became a disciple of his Shufu, Taoist Master Yuan Shogang, and committed the next five years of study under his direct guidance and instruction. While training as a martial artist, David became an accomplished healer as well. He has since taught Taoist medicine at the American College of Traditional Chinese Medicine in San Francisco, Acupuncture, and Integrative Medicine College in Berkeley, and the Academy of Chinese Culture and Health Sciences in Oakland. In 2012, he created Wudong West as a nonprofit service platform to better share his skills with the world. Currently, David enjoys his days as a full-time teacher, healer, husband, and father. Welcome to the show, David.
1: Hey, dude, you're a pro. <laughs> that's probably the best introduction that's ever been intro done. You're pretty good at intro good job, man.
0: <laughs> How are you feeling this morning?
1: I look good. I'm drinking some commemorative tea and I'm talking to an old friend. And according to Confucius, there's nothing better right seeing old friends from afar practicing what we
0: know yeah who would have thought confucius uh you think confucius envisioned a world where we were uh, visiting in this way oh of course not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this platform this technology interesting though yeah. huh? but i see you you see me right
1: quite handsome you got a fancy mic too man you're legit
0: <laughs> i just got a fancy backdrop well, you do know this is going live over the radio here up in, in, in Humboldt. So, this is uh, this is the platform we're currently using, and uh, here, yeah. Nice.
1: That's why you're talking about the weather. That's hot.
0: Yeah. So you'll be talking to uh, you'll be talking to the people here in the hills.
1: What up, hill people?
0: <laughs> Redway, Garberville. Actually, yeah, it spans um, Eureka, Laytonville, Shelter Cove.
1: Oh, for real! All the way up there. Yeah. Okay, I got homies up in Arcadia.
0: (laughs) Well, let's see. You know, there's there's a lot to discuss. How how do you how do you discuss the Tao without saying what (laughs) what the the Tao is?
1: That's so funny. I took a class on Taoism in college, and for the final report, I I turned in a blank paper.
0: (laughs) Uh, How'd that go?
1: I had my real paper too, but oh, got you, got gotcha, you. I, gotcha. I was cheeky with it.
0: That that's funny. <laughs> that's good. My dad well,
1: said had, he had seen that one plenty of times before.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 as you've probably heard, uh, you know, people are going to hear, and uh, listeners are going to hear the, the humor. The humor in 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 the Tao through uh, through the through David today there are go. are 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 all Taoist priests quite humorous.
1: Um, most of them are handsome or pretty. You know, uh,
0: uh-huh. it
1: doesn't have to be gender specific. They're beautiful people, uh-huh. and uh, a lot of them are clever and witty mm. and. Uh, I wouldn't say they're all funny, but most of them have a way to surprise, right? mm. and they they tend to see things differently. Uh, that's probably one of the bigger traits of Taoists is that we have odd perspectives on things. Mm. Well, uh, Brian, by- mm-hmm.
0: I was going to ask you to take us to 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 Wudang.
1: Yeah. Okay. So Wudang Mountain. Before it was Wudong Mountain, it was Taihe San, uh, grand harmony mountain. And uh, it became Wudong Mountain at some phase in some emperor that, you know, they change things up as they do. But beautiful, beautiful pilgrimage point. Wudong is to Taoists as Lhasa is to Tibetans, or Mecca is to uh, Muslims, or Sedona is to hippie white girls. You just have some spiritual destination point where you know your spirit calls you to go, and all cultures you know, have something. Right? And so for Taoists, Wudong is that. Uh, Wu is the god of the north, often depicted as a snake and a turtle, and um, he ascended to heaven and became an immortal from Wudang Mountain. He has a similar story. Uh, to that of buddha right he's like this crown prince that gave up the throne in pursuit of spiritual endeavors and uh, became enlightened and if you're familiar with the classic movie of crouching tiger hidden dragon or the iconic scene spoiler alert where the girl jumps off the mountain that's actually based on a true story of Xuanwu when he uh, sheds his physical form and ascends up into heaven oddly enough they mm. even tell that story on an episode of Ancient Aliens, too. Mm. Uh, but um, at any rate, yeah, Xuanwu is uh, associated with Wudong in the same way that Bodhidharma would be associated with Shaolin. Uh, they have these patron deities. Uh, Xuanwu is the patron deity of Wudong Mountain. So, yeah, uh, famous, famous cultural uh, pilgrimage point, spiritual point for Taoists. And uh Wu Tang Clan, can I cuss? They're nothing to F with. We can't. we can't. See, good thing I asked, and good thing I stepped um, on the brakes.
0: You know, I was gonna ask you, I was gonna actually mention that at the beginning of the show, just to just to let you know. But I'm glad you asked, so I'm glad we took care of that.
1: Oh dude, I'm potty mouth, so <laughs> you know, good thing.
0: Watch yourself.
1: <laughs> the comic potty mouth. There we go. So, did I over explain Wudong? That's,
0: That's great. That's great. I had yeah. a quick question about that. Is, is this, mm-hmm. I have a friend who's very interested in rainbow body. Is this the same thing? Mm.
1: Rainbow body, um, it's not in my Wudong lineage per se. We don't uh, necessarily pursue uh, transmuting of the physical form into pure light. However, I do have Tibetan lineages that I prescribe to. and. Um, there's also a, a Buddhist lineage that I've been initiated in based on tea as a matter of fact uh, and they do have light body uh, and rainbow body phenomenon as a matter of fact it, I first heard of rainbow body on the train in Wudong matter of fact I was on the train going to Wudong and of all the trains in all of China I happened to be boosted up with uh, the other foreigner that could speak English and he too was a seeker of sorts, and he had a book on rainbow body, and he was seeking masters. That's the first time I had ever heard of it. Then uh, I had a teacher, Dr. Love, whose teacher's teacher rainbow bodied, and so it kind of brought it in a degree, right, and I'm sure you're familiar with Dr. Love through uh, our our mutual friend, Marilyn. At any rate, uh, then I met another teacher uh, whose teacher had rainbow bodies right so now it's even a degree closer and wow. that's a fascinating story too i'd love to share that uh and then i met a teacher who had the system of light body and that it was came
0: to you thing.
1: it it kept, kept coming closer and closer by degree wow. and so i'm familiar with the phenomenon uh, it's for those lofty for those who, practice. for
0: those who don't know, can you explain what is rainbow? Sure. About?
1: The way that I understand it is the whole everything is vibration, right? And uh, vibration can be sound. It can be light. And so the body also has vibratory resonance, and not in some woo-woo, new age way. You know, we could just think of the heart. Right, that rhythmic pump. There's a vibration, there's an up and down, there's an empty full. Right, so think of the heart less as a pump and more of an empty full, empty full, empty full. When we go beyond pump, we can also then look at the lungs and say, Oh, the lungs also empty full, empty full, the stomach also empty full, empty full, the whole body empty full, the muscles flex, extend. There's rhythm, there's vibration. And so we all have vibratory cues, and we all emit vibration. We all have good or bad vibes, right, It's in our vernacular for a reason. And so there are practitioners who can cultivate that vibratory resonance to a degree that it transmits to pure light. At least it's the way that I understand the practice. And upon passing, many of these masters choose the day, often with astrological significance, they will choose the day that they pass and they will transmit themselves into light and ascend, if you will, right? So oftentimes uh, in our Western depictions of deities and saints, if they have rainbows or halos of light around them, this also speaks to their spiritual ascension. and so, rainbow body is a phenomenon where you bypass the physical plane and uh, do the thing and <laughs> turn into light. Uh, and they call it rainbow body because when the phenomenon happens, there's often rainbows around. Right? And so, one of my teachers had the fortune of holding space, holding vigil when his teacher light bodied. Um, Liu Ming. Uh, peace be upon him, he passed recently. But um he's my astrology and feng shui teacher. And he was in Taiwan and his teacher light bodied and he was chosen to hold vigil outside the hut for seven days while it happened. And so he tells the story of saying goodbye to his master who just kind of turned his back and sat in, in full lotus. He closed up the hut, sat outside for seven days. Every night there were rainbows. On the seventh day, he opened up the hut, and Master was no longer there. The clothes, like, you know, as if they were starched, you know, were there, uh, as if someone was actually sitting inside them, but there was no physical form inside the body. It was just like this shell of clothes. And uh, his Kung Fu brother or his spiritual brother uh, just grabbed the clothes and shook them out, (laughs) you know, and, uh, Apparently they, they cut them into little squares, hmm. they cut the fabric into little squares and they passed it out to the town and gave it to all of the village people. It's like good luck charms of talisman. Uh, my teacher Liu Ming happened to save one of those relics of the fabric and he submitted it to some lab where they did all their studies. And apparently it had like dinosaur DNA, <laughs> some, some weird <laughs> thing like that. Uh, and then the scientist was fascinated he was like this carbon dates to some odd, where did you get this fabric this is fascinating and then Ming was like oh yeah it's my teacher <sighs> so rainbow body uh odd that you brought that up yeah Are you trying to rainbow body my friend is that your- well
0: I have a good friend who speaks of it and he's he's chasing it down with the club so uh Got it. yeah I'll, I'll have to send this to him but yeah, I yeah, thanks for taking that that tangent tangent with us.
1: Fun, yeah. I mean, I could talk more about rainbow body. There's a lot of rainbow body stories. But
0: it's interesting. I'm sure you
1: had other stuff you wanted to talk about.
0: I have a I have a lot of questions. Um, if you if you're just tuning in, it's uh, nine seventeen. You got to tune to the mud, and uh, I'm Javi. This is Chi Talks. We're talking with uh, Taoist priest um, David Wei. Well. I really want to, you know, on your website, you say you bring the mountain to you. And I really like this, this concept, uh, for those who have not experienced, uh, quote unquote, the mountain, I have this, you know, uh, feeling this visceral feeling, you know, uh, from my experience on, uh, the mountain, you know, with Dr. Young at the retreat center, um but this mountain experience let's talk about the mountain experience and take us take us to wudong i'd love to you know go there and visit and a lot of us you know may not have the may not have the opportunity to travel there um but take us there and i'd like to know how um, martial arts and healing intersect there
1: for sure um the mountain life, we bring the mountain to you, it's less of this physical thing, right? I ain't nobody carrying no mountain in my pocket or nothing like that. Yeah. You know? Right. Have, I don't have like right, pockets right. under my shirt. Like, hey man, I got that mountain for you. Right. Uh it's nothing like that. Mountain speaks to tempo and pace. Right. Uh there's a saying, uh, san sang and San Shinya. So as to say on top of the mountain one year. Uh, on the bottom of the mountain, ten years. Uh, the way that translates is uh, when you're on top of the mountain life is such that a year passes okay you age one year but when you're off the mountain in the city uh, life is such that when one year passes you age 10 years and so it speaks to just the tempo the, the literal rat race that we all have to to navigate and so to bring the mountain to you it's it's less of the physical practice or the physical mountain, it's, it's more the, the tempo, the pace of the mountain. Uh, you know, slowing down, engaging your senses, smelling the air, uh, feeling your feet in your shoes, uh, feeling the air on your skin, uh, observing the colors as you walk and traverse your, your path. Uh, you don't necessarily have to be on the mountain to take a mountain pace. And so when we say bring the mountain to you, uh, it's really just inviting people to slow down.
0: Often needed mm, mm-hmm. off, off the mountain. Now that's, I, I, didn't, I didn't think you were gonna, you were going to mention that or say that, but I totally agree with that. And, and I think that resonates. Um, and so this is what you try to bring to, to people um, in Wudong West with Wudong West, huh?
1: you know, among other things, um, I have a clinic practice and let's say someone books an hour with me. Well, the first half an hour, we're drinking tea. And oftentimes I'll get a client who's like, when are we going to start? And I'll often chuckle and say, well, I've been working with you this whole time. I've been diagnosing you. I've been assessing your posture, your gait, your tempo. I've been smelling you. I've been seeing how you respond to things. I've been noticing what you taste and the stories you tell and the perspective you tell them from. I'm working. <laughs> I'm <laughs> observing a lot. Like we have begun. And if 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 you can't slow down to receive a moment of tea before your session, like what are my hands gonna do? What's the needle gonna do? What are my herbs gonna do? Uh, so. I wanna invite people to slow down. And oftentimes, just by virtue of slowing down, the heart rate goes down, the blood pressure goes down, the blood sugar regulates, the cortisol regulates, the shoulders relax. So many symptoms alleviate themselves on their own accord just by chilling out. (laughs) And so yeah, uh, tempo and pace, that's the medicine. So that's how we bring the mountain to people.
0: And and so is tea abridged in a way is, is is this one of the aspects of tea? Can be. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it can be in Buddhism. They talk about the 10,000 Dharmadors, you know, and so tea. It's just it's just another access. Uh, it, it's an access to slow, right? Because what I got to wait for my water to boil. Uh, if I want to take the time and make it a ritual. I'm gonna smell the tea, I'm gonna taste the tea, I'm gonna take sips slowly in small cups, I'm gonna feel the warmth go down and I'm gonna trace it to see how far I can follow it. I'm gonna observe my body and how it receives this experience, right? It's, it's not the thing, it's not a thing, it's an access to a thing, right? It's It's an access to slow, it's a platform. So which slow can happen and coffee could very well be that too like in european coffee culture my goodness it's them the whole afternoon you know one small cup of espresso will last them an hour and they just talk story uh, read the paper journal draw you know there's a slow culture whereas coffee culture here starbucks culture you order from your phone you pick it up at the drive-through you pound it in your commute you're texting and <laughs> all the while you know there's there's a multitask and for for some thought of efficiency or productivity, uh, but it's a fallacy. It's BS, you know, the, the real treasure is slowing down.
0: It makes me think about having to make my fire in the morning. And I think also to uh, to connect with the, that tea example, um, probably in ancient times, you had to go fetch your water,
1: mm. right? Mm-hmm
0: that That'd be another uh prerequisite if you will, i guess or another uh aspect of of the another phase i i guess before you know the teas. so i yeah. um, I think of uh chopping wood carrying water i so you know in order for to, for me to get heat i gotta i gotta chop wood thankfully I've got some technology to to bring the water to the to the faucet to the tap, but to to get a comfortable place you got to chop wood and and uh break up sticks make kenneling, and slowly build a fire there's something to something to those processes that you speak of where uh now just with the push of a button it's all there
1: mhm yeah and those are definitely things that are um modern people problems right world first world problems <laughs> Uh, And so thank you for for living that and I think we should all, you know, appreciate where our water comes from and where our food comes from, you know, one of my dear friends he said when we eat food we didn't grow and drink water we didn't fetch Uh, we kind of lose touch with uh, our relationship with earth. And so you're up there doing it.
0: Hey, Hey, it it makes me think about this, this notion and this idea of. uh... Um misinformation in the word and how and how it's used and and now it's entered our consciousness and when you think of in, in this regard water um heat light, and if we are conditioned to think that it comes from the push of a button in a way that we are misinformed yeah that's just a side thing. <laughs>
1: Okay, ask me more questions. Oh, Wudong. Okay, so Wudong, uh, often associated with Kung Fu, often associated with martial arts and healing. Thing is, it's not a dojo, it's not a hospital. Okay, Wudong is a temple. And so, first and foremost, Taoism, first and foremost, uh, you know, it's cultivation practicing and, and developing this view right? earlier we spoke to Taoists, uh, we really value the perspective the world view belief set and so you know first off it's that and then you know there's a physical practice that accompanies that that expresses the principles of that Taoist view these yin yang five elements eight gates you know these, these various principles can be expressed physically and those physical expressions no different than asana as prayer you know a lot of yogis will will speak to oh you know my alignment my posture and my breath this is all prayer right and so in a lot of ways it's, it's spirit first for our practice and our movement practice it just so happens to kick ass it just so happens to heal you it just so happens to heal others but the intention is not that The intention is a celebration of this life experience, this dance of Tao. So, you know, it's a temple first and foremost. So, when people think Wudang Kung Fu, you know, uh, you're you're kind of selling the experience short. Think think of healing, healing medicinal practices, you're selling the practice short. You could play a bigger game. Kung Fu, great entry level, medicine, great progression, uh, but really spiritual is what Wudong has to offer. That's the treasure.
0: Did I lose you? No, and and the main, so you would say that the main principle uh, at Wudong that is celebrated is Taoism.
1: Absolutely, one hundred percent. And then Taoism will express as martial arts, as medicine, as herbs, as nutrition, as music, as astrology, as feng shui, as geomancy, as whatever Taoism da- has to offer. It's all rooted in yin yang and five elements.
0: Give give us just a little crash course on on Taoism. On you know, you've you've just um you just, you just mentioned all of these aspects of Taoism, but what are the, you know, the underlining, you know, principles of, of all these things? And then, you um, just want to hear, we just want to hear it from you, you know, the Taoist priest. Right on.
1: Well, my my teacher, you know, I'll pass off to him to lighten my my liability a bit. Uh, he would just say, enjoy life. Enjoy life. If if everything's whole, if everything's complete, uh, what's the point of practice? What's the point of cultivation? Uh, you know, many of us will seek Taoism because uh I want to make sense of something, or I want to fix something, or I want to heal something, I want to remedy something, I want to I grow in some way, I want to change something, I want to transform, I want to be something that I'm not, I want to experience something that I ain't. Okay. Uh, people will seek Taoism for this, people will seek drugs for this, people will seek anything for this, right? But those who seek Taoism uh, may come to find that there's, there's no pursuit, there's no evangelizing, there's, there's no aim, uh, it's a path with no destination. It's, it's, uh, you know, my teacher would just say, uh, enjoy, right? Uh, enjoy sun, moon, enjoy night, day, enjoy. Uh, up, down, left, right, front, back. Um, probably the most Taoist experience <laughs> I could relate would be from my mom. Okay, my mom, immigrant mom, as you as you mentioned, and she was knocked up by a businessman, and uh, she raised me by herself. And she drove herself to the hospital when her water broke, and such a struggle, such a hardship to to do that alone. Uh, And now that I'm a father and I participated in the process of my childbirth, like I can't imagine my mom having to do that by herself. And so uh, when I came out, she was so overjoyed by the miracle of this new life that she counted my fingers and toes over and over again. She's like, oh my God, oh my God, 10 fingers, oh my God, 10 toes, and then let me double check, oh my God, yeah, there's there's 10 fingers, oh my God, there's 10 toes, and just over and over and over again, almost kind of crazy person, just recounting compulsively, counting the fingers, counting the toes, just overjoyed that there's 10 fingers and 10 toes. And I relate that to Taoism because it makes sense for the mom to do that for her child. We rarely think to do that for ourselves and just be so enthralled at the miracle of 10 fingers and 10 toes, and that we can control them. And we can feel from them, and we can engage our surroundings with them. So if you were to ask me about Taoism, just enjoy life. um, You know, right here, right now.
0: Amen. It's funny, because when I was preparing for the show, I was and I, and I was looking at your bio, read your bio. I'm like, wow, let's interview your mom. And it's funny. <laughs> that, you know what I mean? You know, California, immigrant mother, mm. uh, single mom. Yeah, so I had that thought. So I'm glad that you mentioned her, actually. And so many things came up when you when you were just giving that story. Um, for those just tuning in, it's 9.32. We're talking with Daoist priest uh, David Wei of Wudong West this is she talks with Javi this idea of uh celebration doesn't really um when I think of temple there's a little bit of a conflict in my mind there growing up with Christianity Catholicism the church and the temple aren't necessarily like the places of celebration I mean there's song there's no there's no dance um you know, I often take myself. I often take myself back to to my memories of church. There's there's not this notion of celebration, but more of this like, you know, uh, there's an energy of of guilt, <laughs> shame for you know. <laughs> but I like this, I like this idea of celebration in the temple and at the pace on the mountain with this notion of. Chopping wood, carrying water, counting your steps—you know—to fetch your water, counting your steps, bringing back the water, counting the—I don't know—counting the moments to the at which you're, you know, to the time your water boils. Uh, and it makes me think of my training process. I got to this uh, this there's this habitual mental uh, state in which I'm counting. I'm counting my jumps. I'm counting my squats. I'm counting my sword thrusts. You know, I'm and the, I'm like, why am I counting? I'm I'm counting um, in the shower. I do a cold shower. I'm counting the seconds. There's this. There's this. But it. But my counting comes from a habituation of training. You know. So it's I'm I, I'm I'm reflecting uh, a little bit yeah. right now. Yeah.
1: You'd make a great personal trainer. <laughs> you just count reps for people. <laughs> so yeah. good. They'd count Dracula. It's definitely street.
0: Mm, I'm Give looking,
1: me another I'm, question.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at my questions here. <laughs> um.
1: But, by the way, I really appreciate it. And you're tuning in to radio. Yeah. <laughs> my radio voice. What's,
0: what's, um. I I wanted to talk about this intersect if you could and maybe share some experiences, because I like to go through this um, process of of um, martial arts and and healing, and you mentioned that in your bio as well. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I have some significant experiences on the mountain where trying to push myself to the highest level and and perform every day uh, takes a toll. And if you're trying to perform every day at the highest level, you're really having to look at also your recovery processes. So uh, for me, uh, this, this aspect of, of healing and self-healing came in through that process of training and trying to, you know, push myself. Um, That's where it kind of intersects for me. How about you?
1: Mm, um, It intersected for me when Uh, I went to a a Shaolin demonstration, right? Uh, Maybe you're familiar with the Shaolin Wheel of Life. It was like this performance troupe that these uh, monks, the de facto performance monks would tour the world and do this kind of propaganda performance. Really beautiful. And um, I had gone and like any other concert show, you have opening acts, right? And, this particular opening act was this taekwondo troupe and what mm-hmm. they would do is they would kick things and break things and so they break the wood they break the ice they break the tile they break the brick they put the apple on the sword and they break the apple break this break that and right after they break something you know with these loud ya breaking breaking i just wasn't impressed <laughs> and, uh, uh, they just sweep the stuff off the floor and then break the next thing and clean the floor and break the next thing and it kind of dawned on me that uh, as a martial artist at that phase in my journey i could break arms i could break limbs uh, but i didn't know how to set them and i realized i would be really impressed if someone broke the ice and was able to mend it if someone broke the brick and was able to mend it right there with the same efficiency
0: nice and
1: so then I, I did a complete uh, 180 in my practice and I dropped all my hard martial training, all my sparring, all my drilling, and I went into uh, health and wellness. I learned to toy na, bodywork, acupressure. I got into more foundational practices like Shaolin right, to, uh, to get more into my body awareness, build my proprioception, because I knew how to fight, but I couldn't touch my toes. You know, uh, I knew I knew how to break bones, but I was a mouth breather. And so uh, I I really discovered a a necessity to step my practice up. Now, you're being very generous with your listening, because then the other part of the story now is eventually I became proficient in the healing arts as well. And uh, I had a new discovery of my body from after all that. And what I came to realize was the exact same move, Chinna, for example, the exact same move to seize a limb is the exact same move I could do to give someone a gentle stretch. Exact same move, exact same hand placement, exact same torque, exact same everything. The only thing that's different is the intention of my heart and mind. If I'm angry, I take that limb and I crank it really hard to hurt you. If I love you, I take that limb and I crank it really slow to stretch you. Exact same movement. So the only difference between medicinal and martial is me. When I came to discover that, I was like, oh man, there must be something more. And that's what opened the door to spirituality. And uh, martial arts then became. A pathway to learn about myself, you know, we're still doing horse stance, we're still punching and kicking, but now I'm looking at myself, I'm not looking to fight others, I'm not looking to heal others, I'm looking to understand me, and okay, horse stance, I'm holding this for a long time, I'm starting to shake, it hurts, who am I under stress, who am I under pressure, who am I when someone is attacking me, who am I when I'm attacking someone else, Like what are my motivations, what are my drives, what are my goals? Uh, Like really learning who I am under pressure and under stress. And then the stress of martial arts will then translate to the stress of life. Okay, here I am in a sparring match versus oh, here I am my rent's due. It's still an opposition. (laughs) It's still a challenge to overcome. It's still hard. And so who am I in the face of a challenge? Uh, So martial arts then became my mirror. So I wanted to push myself harder and harder, as you said earlier, you know, experience the peak of your potential or I'm paraphrasing, but uh, I wanted to push myself harder and harder so I can learn to keep my cool under harder and harder circumstances. Uh, Because I didn't really, in the end, you know, I'm not punching and kicking like I was. But I am enduring hardship with grace. I am overcoming obstacles with a smile. Uh, I am, you know, enduring my hardships with some humor, you know. And so I think that's where the spiritual, because we still got to chop wood, carry water. Uh, do you dread it or
0: do you enjoy it? You mentioned uh, Twain Na and Chin uh, Na. Can you just explain uh, these terms and, and you can. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: yeah, sorry, jargon. Yeah, people of Humboldt and uh, Eureka, you don't know what these terms are. Twena uh, translates to brush and grab, and it is the traditional style of massage and bodywork. Chinna, um, you know, I forgot that I was actually speaking to a crowd and not just Javi, uh, but Chinna is the seizing art. It's uh, likens to grappling and it's a specialty of Javi's teacher. And so chin uh, is the martial and Tu-Na is the medicinal.
0: You, you mentioned uh, my teacher, Dr. Yang. And I, you know, I think it's interesting because you had this discovery of chin as a martial arts move that can be used. Uh, a lot of times it was demonstrated as a movement to kill. But you went through this process as, wait, this is a movement to also heal. And you said that the the difference between killing and healing is you. And that wasn't necessarily a lesson that was given to me. But maybe the, the conditions were created so that I can discover that on my own as well. Mm. Yeah. So do you give this? Do, do you... I don't know do you do you spell this out for your disciples and your students or? yeah yeah okay yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 gotcha
1: absolutely um and uh, it's part of our kind of progression you know people will naturally come to me for either movement or medicine right uh then we eventually progress into more mantic art um, like astrology feng shui palmistry because the idea is, okay, I want to learn how to move my body, martial, and learn how to maintain my body, medicinal, right? Now I can move and maintain. Where am I going? What am I doing? Right? So we're into mantic arts and giving, giving a sense of purpose, belonging.
0: You said mantic. And
1: mantic, yeah, M-A-N-T-I-C.
0: mantic. Uh, I, ne- I never heard this term.
1: Mm, Welcome. So then. Uh, Movement, medicinal, mantic. From there, when you have uh, awareness of self, uh, maintenance of self, and direction of self, we call this baseline sanity. Okay, you're you're human. Welcome to humanity. Now, okay, now we can learn some martial. Now we can learn some um, meditation. Right? Uh, people like M and M's. I like M and M and M M. Right? Movement, uh, medicinal, mantic, uh, martial.
0: And uh, meditative and and how do you define mantic? Mantic
1: it's kind of uh, geomantic, necromantic in the mantic arts it's it's just uh, kind of like an ology of sorts, a study of uh, a navigation of um, a manipulation control of uh, mantic. It's just how to navigate my life how to arrange my surroundings what would be the feng shui how to navigate the ebb and flow of seasons that would be astrology or almanac you know having a sense of direction and purpose that would be the pole star uh, or palmistry uh, and so just kind of observing our life and our circumstance and trying to discern some type of way or direction through
0: huh, that was interesting Talk talk a bit, little bit about your upcoming workshop, because um, I got a little flyer on this uh, from. <laughs> yeah. And so, are you going over these things? What would one e- expect? It's uh, I I believe it's titled the Five qigongs Gong's.
1: You know, I often joke. I say I don't care what you call it. Call it whatever you want. Call it Chinese yoga. Call it you know. Uh, sure. what, have you ever heard of those uh, Deepak Chopra bullshit generators? Oh, I let one slide.
0: I will, we're going to apologize to the audience and I'll do the <laughs> appropriate paperwork. <laughs> uh, at least you know. Thank you.
1: Well, the, the meta, you know, th- these crazy foo foo woo woo languaging. If uh, I like, call it whatever you want. I don't care what you call it. I'm going to teach the same thing. I'm going to teach principles good circulation, good health, long tendon, long life, healthy body, healthy mind, enjoy yourself. It may show up as this or that, but ultimately, we can dial it all down to good circulation, good health, long tendons, on life, healthy body, healthy mind, enjoy yourself. Uh, so that's kind of the sum of all that I teach. But if you call it that, you know, no one's going to show up. And so, oh, the five Qigongs you know, call it whatever you want. <laughs> We're all going to do the same thing.
0: Um, tell us a little bit about Taoism Qigong. I, I, for for sure. those for those listening. <clears throat>
1: yeah um, qigong is a generic term there's no such thing as qigong qigong is uh it's a way to speak of three specific arts uh and the classics will speak to this it's yang sen life preservation daoyin a relationship with movement and stillness and uh tuna my breathing the equivalent of pranayama and so these three things together right my life maintenance my breath and my movement qigong okay uh, qigong in and of itself is a generic term right and uh, it's at any rate so Taoist qigong then it's one of three categories uh, qigong is typically separated as either buddhist confucian or Taoist buddhist qigong it's going to be towards the aim of health for sake of spiritual awakening enlightenment and, uh, and cultivating the heart and compassion uh, confucian qigong is going to be more uh, it's my contribution it's my civil duty it's my contribution to community to keep myself healthy so i'm not a burden on the system right and so health maintenance for civil order it would be Confucian approach. Uh, and then the Taoist approach would be kind of like a, a systematic um, scientific method, if you will, uh, specific for one of five aims. In Taoism, you could either go for healing, where I want to nourish my body and be healthy. I can do medical, where now I'm applying it and making someone else healthy. I can be martial, where it's like iron body, iron palm, light body, whatever, you know, uh, making my body impervious to attack or able to attack better, right? Martial Qigong. Then you have your sexual Qigong, which is likened to Tantra, but it's less about performance, it's less about having more crazy orgasms, it's, it's more about fostering healthy relations. Um, boosting fertility, uh, boosting healthy libido, uh, and fostering healthy relationships uh, with oneself and with others. Uh, nourishing yin and yang in essence. Uh, so that would be the sexual tantric arts. And then you have your spiritual arts, and this would be your internal alchemy, your neta, you know, for the purpose of uh, enlightenment, or light body, if you will, to tie that back into the conversation. And so, there you go. Long answer. There's no such thing as qigong. <laughs> but if you are going to use the word qigong, there's typically three categories. And when you speak of Taoist qigong, there's typically another five.
0: Did I overanswer that? That's great. No, thank you. Thank you. That that was very um, um, thorough. Appreciate that. Let. I haven't had anybody talk about sexual qigong. Would you mind? Hey. Do you mind giving us an overview on uh, sexual qigong? Uh, at least Taoist yeah. perspective.
1: For sure, there's a brown chicken and there's a brown cow. Uh-huh. Brown chicken, brown cow. Sorry, this is a bad joke. Brown, bad joke. Bad joke. Maybe our listeners in Rico will pardon me <laughs> for my poor, poor taste. T- this,
0: this isn't, this isn't a, a commercial for a brown cow yogurt.
1: So uh to sum it up, I will draw a parallel. A Kama Sutra, right? When we think Kama Sutra here in the West, uh an average college level mind will think of how many positions I can uh, have sex in. It's a very immature, limited view of what's available to the practice of Kama Sutra. The way that Kama Sutra was transmitted to me through my yoga line, I had some yoga training. Kama Sutra is the entire relationship between male and female. So if your brother and sister, how do brother and sister as babies, as children, as teens, as adults, as elders, how does brother and sister relate? How does uh, cousin-cousin relate? How does younger to older, older to younger relate, uh, how do they relate in a group, how do they relate in the market, how do they relate, you know, it's how do male and female get along, and of course, there's relations of marriage, and intercourse, and uh, reproduction, uh, however, if you were to ask anyone here in the West, what's Kama Sutra, they probably just talk about the sex positions. they wouldn't talk about how you how far you should walk together in the market (laughs) they wouldn't talk about when it's appropriate to hold him when it's not they wouldn't talk about uh, learning music to serenade your partner they wouldn't talk about that aspect of Kama Sutra right and so in the same way when we talk about Taoist sexual arts you know it's really easy you know, no shade to Mantec Chia. I spent uh, some time with him in Thailand. I, I led a tour with him in China. Mantec Chia is a great guy. Uh, however, he also marketed the multi-orgasmic male and the male sexual secrets. Uh, you know, it kind of leads to this conversation of, uh, you know, uh, youthful sexuality. And that's attractive, of course, but it's also a very limited view. Of what's available and so um, there's a lot of sexual trauma in our culture uh, most every male that's been circumcised uh, some three out of five females have been sexually abused or assaulted uh, sexual abuse is prevalent in our culture and if we had practices that got us to understand ourselves more then maybe prostate cancer wouldn't be so prevalent amongst males, like three out of four males will develop some degree of prostate cancer. Some three out of four women will develop some type of cyst polyp in their ovaries, fallopian tubes, or uterus. Uh, It is very, very common because there's so much trauma, so much uh, ignorance, so much taboo around a foundation of our human experience is our creative reproductive capacity and so you know you mentioned your experience in the church earlier it's it's almost been demonized to an extent you know and so when something is so necessary for life and it's so vilified that creates some really crazy mental uh confusion you know and so uh, as an aspect of life, it should be explored, it should be understood, it it should be uh, cultivated. And so Taoist sexual practices uh, are foundational to a lot of our other practices.
0: I really appreciate that perspective. The idea of celebration should be, uh, should coincide with the notion of education. And I think that yeah, that takes place in the temple, and rightly so. Um, and then, it, it, interestingly, you note, you you noted that the Kama Sutra essentially is a building of a society. If you're if you're teaching norms,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're you're mm-hmm. yeah, you're guiding the youth through through uh, through the cultural experience in in a sense, huh?
1: Yeah, and in many ways. You know, to an American listener, they may say, oh, that's so restrictive. And at the same time, it's, it's also uh, a social lubricant. It allows for smooth social interactions when everyone kind of has an understanding of their contribution to the whole experience.
0: Uh, well, without the education as well, then it creates conditions for, for abuse and uh, mm-hmm. uh, unknown. If you will, people aren't educated and and possibly the root of of trauma there, you know, in in the Western world. Mm. Well, David, um, final words, final thoughts. What's what are you how are you helping people these days right now? Just uh, helping to celebrate the hardship, you know, the hardships that we're faced with.
1: Uh, You know, I serve. And how
0: can people and then how can people reach you?
1: (laughs) <laughs> don't reach me. <laughs> That's my favorite answer to that question. I go on a lot of these podcasts, right? inevitably they're like, "Where can people find you?" And I don't. Don't look for me. I'm busy enough. I'm
0: busy enough. Who do you redirect to?
1: You. Hobby is
0: great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, final final thoughts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> final thoughts. Enjoy life. Slow down. Uh, have some tea. Hug
0: a friend. All right, well, I do I will point listeners to Wudong West. Sure. Wudongwest.com.
1: I do all the updates myself and I haven't okay. done it in a couple months.
0: Okay. I like it. It's a good great website. And I realize that you also have some some instructors there as well. You've you you've accepted some disciples.
1: Yeah, I took on I think the 13 disciples last year. Wow. Yeah. yeah. good
0: good 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 well if if people want to also participate in this upcoming workshop that you have uh is this wudongwest.com a good place to to Uh, no no oh okay maryland
1: maryland's my host little river
0: oh is she okay gotcha 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 if more people want information on this workshop where is this going to be in the bay area uh it's
1: going to be
0: at the house okay uh, I'll ask people to contact me if they're interested, talkingchi at gmail.com, and we can point you there. This is Javi, um, show is Chi Talks, and I was uh, talking with uh, Taoist priest, Qigong master teacher, uh, David Wei uh, from wudongwest.com.